Welcome, everyone. I'm so, so excited about our guest today. Uh, just want to go into introduction first, give you a bit of a backstory on her. So she's worked as a stenograph- stenographer, stenographer right. for three years, which led her to her first international opportunity to travel to London, England, which ignited her love for travel. She recently made an exciting move to tourist France. So let's all give it up for Marion Cummings. Thank you. Hello, so much. everybody. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How are you doing? How is it over there in France today? It is beautiful. I believe that spring has finally sprung because it's cold here. I didn't it know it was it. cold here. <laughs> I'm in Amsterdam and I'm like, I thought it was going to be warm. (laughs) Yeah, it's been really, really cold. And I'm just like, every day I'm like, okay, let's get a jacket. Let's, you know, get a hat. Right. (laughs) So so, this last uh, maybe three days, it's been nice, like in the 70s, like the real 70s. Oh, I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the 50s and low 50s over here. Now, do you live in Amsterdam? No, no. I'm just traveling around. Um, oh, okay. Right now, trying yeah. to find home. So, uh huh. How do you I'm like surprised. it there? <laughs> you know, I'm surprised how diverse it is. I didn't realize that uh, the Netherlands was one of the most diverse nations in the world. And so, being here, you definitely see it. Like everyone you cross, come across, is like a different nationality. Right. It's nice there too because they speak English. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to worry about speaking Dutch. They perfect English, everyone. So yeah, that's yeah. Great. Well, that is fantastic. Like your, yeah, yeah. Like the society. So that's yeah, great. I love Amsterdam. Yeah, but I don't want to be there if it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and overcast. Yikes. <laughs> yes, yes. Um. So when I read your bio and you sent it over, you said that you were a stenographer. I was even more intrigued with your story. Because I read your information on Facebook, that's how we actually met, and I was intrigued by you know your recent move to France. Um, but with your career, can you provide a bit more detail on how that led to your first international experience in London? Sure. Um, so let me give you just a quick backstory. I'm divorced. I have two kids. My kids were young at the time, and um, I needed money, so. <laughs> I was 37 years old and I decided to go to court reporting school. So um, we had like three, it took about three years to get done. And when I got done, I used to say, Lord, if you get me through this school, when I get the opportunity to work, I'm going to work. I'm going to take every job. I don't care where it is, as long as I can get paid and do what I need to do. So um, long story short, I got with this company and I was always that person who was available. Because by that time, my kids, by the time all everything had transpired, my kids were almost college age. So I had a lot more flexibility in my right. schedule. A lot of other people had families they had to take care of, and so they really couldn't travel. So I was the free one, and I said, yeah, you know, whatever you have, I want to go. And so they called me one day, like on a Monday, and said, hey, how would you like to go to, um, would you be interested in taking a job in London next week? Wow. And I said, well, that would be next week, right? So I thought, well, this is amazing. I said, but I don't have a passport. They said, don't worry, we'll get you a passport. 
And by Thursday, I had a passport in my hands. I had never had a passport. Wow. So, yeah. So then I flew out and they, you know, paid for everything, set everything up. And I flew out that Saturday and I went to London and I thought, oh, my God, this is my destiny. I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to see these buildings and see these people. I'm supposed to, like, walk by the Queen's house. You know, (laughs) I just thought this is amazing. And so I was there for a week. And I worked at the um, U.S. Embassy in London, and we only worked maybe six hours a day or something like that. Court reporters mm-hmm. typically work from 10. If you're having a full day, it's from like 10 to 5, maybe. Mm-hmm. So Because I don't work in court. I do depositions only. So um, I wasn't working all day, so I took my time, you know, rode around, did my little tours and stuff. And I thought, this is, wow. this is what I deserve. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. It is what you deserve. What exactly. I deserve because years before that, I had taken a trip to Montreal. I drove on my home in San Diego. So my boyfriend and I drove to Montreal for the Olympics. Hmm. And even then I thought I should live here. Like this place is amazing. And so I, you know, life happened after that. I got married, had a couple of kids, got divorced and I could never figure out a way to do it. And I was like, I don't have money. I need somebody to pay my, <laughs> to pay my way. Right. And so court reporting allowed me to do that. And I've been like seriously traveling since then. Yeah. So when you got the chance to go to London and that eye-opening experience, that ignited that passion for you to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and make travel a priority for me. Yeah, that and I, you know, I started doing some research and I realized that because I used to think only rich people travel, right? Mm. Like who, who is taking these trips out of the country? I don't mean like a trip to Dallas to see your family. I don't mean that kind of trip. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm like, how are these people like, how do they do it? So I started researching and as I said, you know, it's really not that expensive. There are a lot of good deals Mm-hmm. to go that same money you would spend going to Dallas you could go somewhere else if that's and your desire somewhere. You never or, or whatever and I'm not an island person so I really even haven't even been to the islands I've been mm-hmm. to Bermuda um, and I've been to um, St. Bart's and that was for work actually when I think about it I've never been to the islands either yeah like I Jamaica think, I mean, yeah. I've been to Costa Rica but I don't know I, and I haven't even been on the um Afro, like, not Afro-Dominican. It's like the, the Caribbean side of uh, Puerto Rico. Right. Puerto Rico. I've never been on that side. So right, I've right. really been to the myself. Yeah, I'm not really a beach person like that. I grew up mm. at the beach, and so it doesn't matter that much to me. And when I travel, I don't want to go lay on a beach and do nothing. I want to, like, get a car. I want to see where the natives, like, where do you guys eat? I don't want to go where the tourists <laughs> eat. I want to go where you guys eat. So that's the way my trips usually go. So you yeah. grew up um, on the beach? Like- I did. I did. My father was in the Navy and I grew up in San Diego and we lived at the beach. Naval housing <laughs> was at the beach. <laughs> that's the dream for a lot of people. <laughs> I know. And so, um, yeah, but my idea of a vacation is not that. I don't want to relax. I relax when I get home. Like, I take a vacation, and I go, like, hit it hard. I'm, like, out every day. I'm out every night. 
Yeah. I just need a room to put my stuff in. I'm not trying to be in the room like that. So, um, yeah, that's that's how it kind of started with that trip to London. Once I got that passport, I was like, we good now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's right. Um, now, when you start to travel and go to different countries, did you ever or have you ever encountered any, like, experiences racial tension or anything because of the color of your skin or has it always been positive experiences for you i think for me it's been really positive but i think a lot of it is attitude Mm. you know what i mean when you're in a a black american life is freaking hard okay (laughs) there are some things that you have to deal with that only a person of color would understand what you're talking about And it's not that people are coming up to your face and calling you the N-word or anything like that. It's a different kind of um, burden that you carry. That's the way I would describe it is like a burden. And since I'm here, I'm free. Like, I don't have to walk around. I don't have to be that Black person. Like, I'm a person. And that is just so, it almost brings tears to my eyes, really. It's just such a, a wonderful thing. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons I left. I know we'll get around to that. But um, one thing was I told myself when when we had that last election, presidential election, I said, I can't be in the States for the next one. Like, I I have to see that from afar because it was so freaking nerve wracking for me to just all of it. Um, The second thing was the whole police brutality issue that... It is, for me, it is heartbreaking and soul-crushing. Like, when I see, I I don't know these people. I don't have Mm -hmm. to know them, but I have a brother. I have brother-in-laws and nephews. Like, it could be, it's so random. It could be any of them that that happened to. And so I just didn't want to see it from that closely anymore. I just, I, I can't. And for me to act like, it didn't affect me personally. It did. It made me like super depressed. Mm. Like, what can you do? And I, I'm a lot older than you, but I can remember when my family, when civil rights were going on in the 60s, and my parents would watch things on TV, and it doesn't look any different than it does now. Right. That was right. in the 60s. It's and I just said, happen. it's just, it's soul crushing for me. It's just like, I, I can't do this anymore so um that was kind of what motivated me yeah so let's get into that so that was your main reason for wanting to kind of like make them jump to move to France was just like you had enough with their police brutality and just the politics for me yes and I you know I've been fortunate I've had some really good jobs but where I was like the only black face there (laughs) you know what I mean yeah but um fortunate to travel. I have a, have had a lot of options in my life. Um, but I said, I just don't, don't have to keep doing this. Like I do not have to keep dealing with this every day. I don't even want to think about it. That's where I'm at right now. I don't even want to think about the fact that this happened to me because I'm a black person. I'm, I'm over it. Right. Although I, I will tell you, I, um, I don't know if I could say a cuss word on here, but I took a bus one day. Okay. <laughs> because I don't speak French yet. So I took this bus and it was the wrong bus. Mm-hmm. So we get to the end of the line. Everybody gets off the bus except me. So the bus driver says, well, you got it. And 
mind you, this is in French. I don't speak French, but like we were communicating. I understood what he said. So he said, like, you got to get off the bus uh, because we're basically like off, marche, blah, blah, blah. So I get off the bus. I got all my groceries and stuff because I don't have a car here. So I, you know, he points me like 20 yards away to another bus stop. Mm-hmm. So I go to the bus stop. He closes the door. And like 10 minutes later, he drives up to where I'm at and opens the door and makes me get on the bus and I got to pay again. Now, (laughs) and I had a moment, just a moment. And when I got off the bus, I started to say, um, au revoir, motherfucker. Like, you don't speak French, but you don't speak English, but I bet you understand that. But I gathered myself (laughs) and I, for a moment, I said, did he do that to me? Because I'm a black person on this bus. Would he make some old white lady get off the bus and walk 20 yards? It was literally like I could have thrown a rock to that other space. But then as we were riding back to town, he was crabby with everybody. Everybody that got on that bus, he was mean to everybody. So that's why he got a pass. He got a pass. (laughs) It's interesting interesting because I find myself, you know, traveling to different places and I have to like, reteach myself that everything is not being done to me because of the color of my skin because I know right, my history, right. our upbringing in states a lot of times microaggressions happen because of our you know who we are and a lot of times when you travel they don't have that same understanding or the same connotation with you so it's like I'm noticing that I, I'm having to teach myself like no that's not that you know like Take right. <laughs> Don't just go to racism right away. Right, right. And it's it's a burden and it's a real one, but I believe that we can leave it behind. That's what I like to believe is that I don't have to carry that to the grave. I just really don't. Yeah. You know, there was there was I don't even know if there were was ever actually slavery here in France. I need to do my research. I know they had the slave trade here, but I don't know if there were actually slaves that worked here. Right. I know, um, you know, during um, the Civil War, a lot of Americans fled to France because they had better opportunities there, you know, and things right. like that. Before that, I'm sure they had slaves, but I don't think it lasts like it did in the States, for sure. Right. And I did see something. I can't remember what city I was in, but they actually had, like, a big display talking about how they were sorry for the role they played in slavery and, you know... Wow. It was just a totally different approach than what Americans feel about slavery. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm in the right place for me for now. I'm lucky to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So how has it been in France, in, in tourist France? Is that like towards the south uh, region of the country? or It's in the s- central. It's central, oh, central France. Okay. And I found out about tours. I was watching um, House Hunters International. You ever watch House Hunters International? Yeah, I love that show. Like my my favorite show, I would binge watch, and um, there was a black lady on there one day that was moving to tour. I had never even heard of tour, Mm. and so I watched that episode. I said, you know what? That's the place for me because it's because it's Central Valley. It's a little less expensive, you know, to get an apartment and stuff like that. Because I really wanted to go to Lyon, which Mm -hmm. is further south of here. But the apartment, the price of the apartments was like more than I wanted to spend. I don't want to own it. I just want to live there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't need ownership. <laughs> so, Do you have so. property back in the States or did you like let go of everything when you decided to move? 
I let go of everything. I um I'm a big 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 believer in home ownership, especially for African Americans. I don't care if you buy a freaking garage. You need to have your name on a deed somewhere in this world, okay? That's how it goes, especially in the states because your values and your properties always appreciate. There is nothing else you can do legally as a regular person like a regular working person than to make money off of real estate. So I had moved, um, I took a job in um, Kansas City, Missouri, and um, I bought two houses and I bought a car. I paid for the car. Mm -hmm. So um, when it came time to leave, which was two years later, my properties had doubled in value. And one of them was in I call it the hood. It was in the community because mm. my thought at the time was that I want to be near my people. I need to, <laughs> I need to have that experience. I need to feel the brotherhood and the sisterhood. And it was not my cup of tea. There was a lot of, um, Kansas city has a lot of violence, a lot of gun violence. Mm. And I was not used to hearing guns being shot like that. I, I, I grew up in yeah. Pacific beach. Okay. Like people don't shoot out there. Yeah. So, um, I rented that house out. I was able to rent it out. And then I went to an auction and I bought another house. And it wasn't sight unseen, but that sucker was raggedy. Like when I sent my kids the picture, they burst out laughing. They didn't believe I bought the house. But that same house, two years later, I got double my money out of the house. I got double the money out of both houses okay. because the house that was in the, what do one of my friends used to call it? The economically disadvantaged areas that's what she used to call it oh that's a good was word her, yeah that's what that's what she used to call it but anyway um i when i went to the realtor i said look well i have these two houses i i want to sell them because i want to leave and i said this other house will probably i won't be able to sell it like i just didn't think i'd be able to sell it she goes well you know i'll do comps on both and i'll let you know she sent those comps over girl i was like wait a minute that place had wow. almost doubled in value in two years. Was and I did like the 2020, like when um, the housing market skyrocketed? Or was no, this skyrocket? was in, this was last year. This was in oh, last year. Uh, okay. uh, September, I sold it. Wow. And the house sold like in a week. This one that I thought nobody would want to live in that house because it was dangerous to me. Um, people, somebody came and bought it. I took my money, and then a week later, I told her, when that one closes, I'm putting this other one on the market. And it sold the same day. I put it on the market on Thursday at midnight. Friday, it was sold. Wow. I had three, two or three offers on the house the next day. That's a blessing. It was just, you know, you just, I'm telling you, over the years, I've owned property here and there, and it has allowed me a freedom that uh, few other things can do. Like I said, it's the one thing that I, the average Joe Blow who's got a regular job, you can go get something. There's programs for first-time buyers. You don't have to have a lot of money. Um, you know, you can... I took a year ahead of time when I bought my very first house. I, I had horrible credit. And I took a year. I got my credit report. I looked at what could be fixed in a year, and I fixed it. And the next year, I bought a house. I wow. sure did. 
Yeah. Well, I tell people now I got white people credit now. Like <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious now. <laughs> Listen, we changing the narrative. We got black people credit in, in the good way. <laughs> no, I mean I got white people credit in that they'll give me whatever I want. Right, you right. Can, you can have good credit and be a black person, but you may not get what you want. Oh, now I get what I, what I want. But anyway, I digress here. Where were we going? <laughs> so I know for a lot of people, Friends sounds very like dreamy. And, you know, for you moving there, was it what you expected? Was it like sight unseen? You just like watched it on TV and just made the move? Or did you visit first before making the jump? I had visited France a few times. Um, and... I just love everything French. I just love the food. I'm going to turn into a baguette. One well, Next time you see me, I'm going to look like a loaf of bread because I eat baguettes every day. I'm sure you um, walk a lot, though, right? You got I do. I do. But I live right in the heart of the city. I live like five minutes, a five-minute walk from everything. Um. Restaurants, <laughs> shopping, whatever. But, um, yeah, I love the food. I love the culture. Um I love the sound of this beautiful language. It, like they could be cussing me out, and I'd be like, "Oh, really? Oh, thank you." It is such a pretty language. That's <laughs> one is, thing we can take away from the French. <laughs> it's so beautiful, and the people here have been so nice to me. I just had so many good experiences. If people and I tell people, "Look, I don't speak French. Like you can talk to me, but I may not. We may have a difficult time communicating." But I am. I go to school uh, five days a week. Oh, good. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to language classes. And I said, I'm not leaving here till I wrestle this sucker to the ground. And we are right now, we are locked up tight like a, like a, <laughs> like a WWE, like, ugh, trying to learn that language. It's so hard. It's really I know. hard. I imagine, especially with the accent, because even if you speak the language, it's like to have that accent. I don't know if that's something right. that you can, you know. I don't yeah I don't know I don't know but I'm never gonna give up like it would be if it's the last thing I ever do I am gonna be bilingual I'm gonna be French I think French is like I just love it here I see the the women the way they dress and like it's just everything it's everything and then they're very family oriented so like on this weekend was a holiday weekend. Nobody could tell me what the holiday was, by the way, but they just know they're closed <laughs> for uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Mm. And on like on the weekends, you cannot go to the store after like twelve. And a lot of places are just flat out closed. Like they close up and they spend time with their family. And so, do they open back up later in the day, or they just close? No, they're closed. Oh. Because I went rolling out of here one day. I just had to have a baguette. I was low on baguettes. <laughs> I said, I'm going to run to the little market and grab a baguette. And they, it was closed up tight. Wow. Yeah. And even a lot of the restaurants. We tried to go to a restaurant uh, yesterday or the day before. The day before. And they said online that they were open. And we walked over there and they were closed. I've had that happen. Yeah, so that's just, it's a thing here. So that's been an adjustment yeah. for, like, they really are closed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, like, don't come back. 
like they, they don't have any forms about it <laughs> they just really don't and if you didn't think ahead of time and plan your little meal or whatever you you know you just not gonna have anything i guess so i'm better now so i prepare now Good, good. So yeah. are you out there by yourself or are you with anyone? Did you move with anyone out there? I moved by myself. I have two dogs. I put the dogs. We came Air France. Shout out to Air France. They were really, really good to us. Um, so I have two dogs and my daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, just took a job in Barcelona. Oh, nice. Yeah. So she she is here now. She has her own little Airbnb. She doesn't live with me. Mm. Um and she works for AstraZeneca, so they're the drug manufacturer. Right. Um, okay. So she's here for two months, and then she'll be going to Barcelona. Oh, nice. That's a quick flight. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I really, I wanted to be, like, within a four-hour car ride from her. Mm-hmm. Just because I always say, you know, if something happens, I need, need to be able to get in my car and go. I don't want to have to book a flight or That's true. check a schedule. I want to be able to go get in the car and drive my little four hours but um having said that now that she's here I don't I don't know that we're going to do that she's she's going on to Barcelona oh that's fabulous I'm yeah gonna you to go and visit yeah because I've never been to Barcelona so I'd like to go yeah I heard good yeah. things about it yeah um, so she helped she helped me move she helped me bring everything I had on that plane wow I yeah. can't wait. I just, I cannot wait for that that moment. I, I imagine that's a very liberating moment when you can just like close that chapter and start. Yeah, but you know, it's it's kind of strange because I think uh, there's been a couple of times I was like, dang, I live in France. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the realization that I'm in France, but it's not, I'm not a very fearful person and I'm also not a person of consequence I'm like I'll deal with that whatever the fallout is I'll deal with that on the other end but I'm not going to allow my fears to keep me from going where I want to go and doing what I want to do that's just the way I roll and if I got to go next week if opportunity came up for me to go somewhere fabulous in a couple weeks please believe I would have this stuff packed up (laughs) I I had a job one time working in uh, Philadelphia and I hated the job absolutely hated the job so I saw this job opening in Connecticut now I had never been to Connecticut I had never been to Philadelphia mm-hmm. but I didn't like it so I decided well I'm going to go for, you know have an interview with this guy and so you know things worked out and he said well when can you be here and I said give me three weeks and three weeks later I had a, I had rented a house because I had a dog then too I had a house I had got the U-Haul movers and I called my people who are renting the apartment store and said, look, I took a job in Connecticut. I got to go. You got to let me out of this lease. And they did. They did. And three weeks later, I was in New Haven, Connecticut, and I didn't know a soul except that man who offered me that job. Okay. So so you've always been a risk taker. Yeah. This is move number 10. Wow. This move here is move number 10. Yeah. So do you see tours as your last stop or do you, I guess with that mind frame, it can always change, but do you it see could. it as your home? Or? Well, I've got to do this language thing. I have got, that is my life's dream. Yeah. So I really need to wrestle that to the ground. Well, once that's done, then I may, may be more inclined to go somewhere else or, you know, if an opportunity presents itself, I might 
go. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a renter right now, so I'm really not tied here. Right. And here in France, so if you rent an apartment, you have to give three months notice. You could break your lease at any time. If you got a five-year lease, you give them three months notice, they got to let you out. So Do you have to pay for it? Like a... No, you pay that three months, you're done. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is really nice. That is yeah, nice. Yeah, which is really nice. Yeah. So How is the visa process for you? Um... It was, it's worse than it seems. Like, when you read about it online, it's like, oh my God, I'll never, like, I don't understand. Do I need to hire an attorney? But when you do it all, and honestly, I got a lot of information from YouTube. I go on YouTube, and people have a whole list. This is what I did. I got this, boom, boom, boom. So I had to go to um, the embassy in Chicago. Mm -hmm. You have to go to the one that's closest to you geographically. So that's where I had to go for my appointment. And I was in there for 30 minutes or less. And then two weeks later, I had my visa in the mail. Really? Yeah, it was really fast. And it was inexpensive. I would never hire an attorney for that. Did you have to um, show, like, sponsorship from a, a job or, like, a independent? No. As a matter of fact, uh, what you have to do is show proof that you have to, that you're living somewhere. Mm -hmm. And we had an Airbnb. And they'll use, you can use the Airbnb or you can use a hotel as your address. Wow, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, but it's really interesting. It was really, really hard to find an apartment. This was the only apartment I looked at. It was the only one that they would give me um, because they don't check your credit. They don't do the credit score thing. Right. They don't look at your bank account. They don't care what you have in there. That is not a thing here. So you have to prove that you... So we had our Airbnb guy, he vouched for us that um, we were in his place. And so he, we kind of used him because you can't even open a bank account unless you have a place to live and a, an electric bill. Mm. And so we, it took me five days to open a bank account. That's not too bad. Well, it was five different visits. Let me oh, put it like that. It was five, like we went back. Mm five times and the cute little guy there's the cutest guys here anyway he's from <laughs> <laughs> he's from morocco just adorable so he helped us he actually called the airbnb guy and said you know whatever i don't know what the conversation was it was in french and um yeah that's how we ended up you know i say we because my daughter was here with me um and that's how i ended up getting the account and then I hired a hand holder. You can hire, I met this lady, I found this lady on Facebook and she's what you call a hand holder. So she will call and set up your utilities because all that's in French. Like they mm -hmm. don't have a line where you can call and you can get an English speaking person. Okay. You have to call and, you know, after hello, I'm, I'm like lost. I don't know what to say or do. So I paid her and she was like $50. She charged 50 euros rather an hour and she talked to maybe four or five people for me and it was all it all came in under fifty dollars like she doesn't charge you for the whole hour she charges you for like 20 minutes of an hour like a portion of an hour oh, okay. so when so when she billed me it was 50 euros which it was i would have given her 100 euros for all the stuff she did right. yeah 
So that's how we got around. And I'm sure that other countries have people that do that. And is that um, the term that you like you search for? Or just like, how did you find her on Facebook? Was it in like a travel group? No, it was in somebody else's post. So I belong to, um, to some French groups, like expats in France. And um, there aren't any for African-Americans that I've seen because mm-hmm. I would have joined by now. But um, somebody had written in there, like, I'm having a hard time doing such and such. And then somebody said, oh, well, I work with this lady. You know, here's her information. Mm-hmm. And I called her and it was, it was a wrap after that. She did my phone. She she did all kinds of stuff for my apartment. I had to sign all my lease and stuff, which was all in French. But the thing that was hard that I wish somebody had told me about, excuse me, is that when you come to France, I don't know how it is in other countries, but when you come to France, you can't just come get an apartment. You have to prove that you are worthy. You have to have a dossier. So in the States, if you want an apartment, you arrive in an area, you see an apartment you like, you go to the office, you say, do you have something available? They say yes or no. And you go right then and you look at an apartment. These are our one bedrooms. These are our two bedrooms, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then um, if your credit is decent and if you have money, then they rent you an apartment. You pay your deposit or whatever, and then that's it. Well, it doesn't work like that here. You have to... They want, really what they want is for you to have paid French taxes, which is impossible mm-hmm. for me because I, I'm from America, you know? Mm-hmm. So you have to put together a dossier and basically of why they should rent to you. And you have to have all these things, all these documents. And none of them, like, I brought my bank statements and everything. They didn't care. They don't care how much money you have. Mm-hmm. They, none of that. Even when you go to open a bank account, they don't care how much money you have. It has nothing to do, like, you don't open a bank account with your $100 deposit. You know how you do in the States, you go, yeah. you open an account, okay, we need to open this account, you need 50 bucks or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, they don't do that here. And I wish that someone had put that in their Facebook, like, because it's a thing. I mean, if I didn't, if I wasn't so um, determined to be here, that could have sent me somewhere else. That's how difficult it was. Yes. Yes. And I wish people would be upfront about that. Just like when you fly here, if you have a pet, you know, people will put on Facebook, well, you know, I just got here with my cat and like my two dogs. What people really want to know, how much did it cost? You know what I mean? We would need to know. And I don't need to hear, well, you know, it wasn't that expensive. No, no, that's not what I mean. How much did it cost? Yeah. You can have an idea. It cost me two thousand dollars to get my dogs here. Two well, that's, about. That's actually pretty good because I've heard it costs like crazy amount of money to have two or multiple pets. Yeah, so the flight was four hundred dollars a piece. Then you mm-hmm. have to get documents from the Department of Agriculture in the states. There's a form you have to get. You got to go to the doctor, oh. and so to prove that your dog, they have to be microchipped. It's probably the same for cats. They got to be microchipped that they got to have, they have to be up to date on their rabies. But the doctor charged me $300 a piece for that. And then we had, I had to buy a crate. One of my dogs is over a hundred pounds. Guess what? A crate for a hundred pound dog is $500. 
So is the two thousand with the fees that you're mentioning, or is that separate? No, that's include. No, that's all of oh, it okay, in total. Okay. But you know, sometimes people say, "Well, you only need a couple of thousand dollars to get you by." Well, I, I wouldn't go like that. Yeah. I'm not saying you got to have fifty grand or anything like that, but if you have a family, you know, you got you got a lot of things to put in in place, and it's you got to pay money for things. Right. So I mean that that was my experience. So I wrote on that one thing where people wrote about their dogs and stuff because somebody kept asking like, well, how much was it? I just finally told them this is how much it was. Right. And this is with Air France. Now I can't speak for the other airlines, but I can speak for Air France, and this right. is what they charged me. And I thought it was fair. They were really nice to my dogs, and when I got them out of the cargo thing, they were they were good. Did, yeah. the, did you have to go through quarantine or anything with your dogs or no? No, because every country is different. Yeah. So I heard Great Britain, they have a quarantine time. And you have to pay for it. Mm, okay. You have to pay for it. Well, they got your dog at a kennel or someplace. Mm. Yeah, so France, there isn't anything like that. You get them from the airport and get in your car and off you go. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been so insightful. Um we have this thing on Melanin Passport where we ask for you to stamp our passport. And what that just means is what advice would you give to someone that's aspiring to do um, something similar to what you're doing or to follow you in your footsteps? What would you tell them? What would I tell them? I would say just do it. I can mm -hmm. tell you, I had always wanted to live somewhere else for years. Um, and I did not know how to do it. I just could not figure out, like, how do you pay for that? How do you... You know, and the thing that really helped me was setting a date. Mm. No longer, it's no longer going to be something I do before I die. It's like January 20th, I'm out of here. So then once you do that, then it's like, okay, I have all these things I got to take care of because this is my drop dead date. This is the date I'm going. And right. so that's really what made it happen. Because before that was just a dream. Well, you know, I'd like to live such and such one day. And there was absolutely no reason I couldn't have gone really 20 years ago. I just did not know what to do. And I hadn't had enough experiences. And Facebook wasn't like, you know, nowadays you can go. If you need information, you can go there. You, there are places you can go for free to get information. And I just, you know, we picked a date, bought some plane tickets. I sold that house and went and bought my plane tickets. I sold that first house. And uh, it was a wrap after that. It really was. I sold all the, I sold everything. My salt and pepper shakers. I mean, everything. <laughs> <laughs> My car, I went to CarMax. Wow. Said, you know, we'll give you this price. And I was happy with the price. And, um, See, I didn't even know about that. That's a good idea because I'm like, what am I going to do with my car? I, but okay, maybe CarMax will buy it. <laughs> well, even if you don't have a newer car, my car was a 2015. Um, but because Europe has all these rules about, you know, climate change and stuff like that, you can't just bring your car. If you got an older car, you have to mm. bring it up to code before you can get it here. Right. So it could cost you 10 grand to bring oh, your yeah. car here. And then it still might not yeah. pass whatever inspection. So I was like, my car is a 2015. I know there's going to be something wrong with it, something that somebody's going to say, and I'm not going to pay for that. So it was with great sadness 
(laughs) Great sadness and gladness at the same time. This is my first time not having a car since I was 20 years old. I've had a car. I've always, even if it was a raggedy car, I had a car. Right. And this is the first time I was like, I really don't, I'm homeless and carless. <laughs> so when you think about and it I like that, it. yeah, it's like, yikes. But yeah. um, it was totally worth it. I'm so glad I'm here. There's not a day that goes by when I'm just like, I look out, I'm like, I live in France. I was on it. France is just, it's just everything. It is everything I hoped it would be and more. And it, I would say this, is that you can do it. If you can conceive of it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. It is not that hard. You know, and people stay away from people who tell you you can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if they're that. raining on your parade or they're like, why are you going to, why would you, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have time for that. Like, if you're on board or if you're not on board, don't say anything. You know, if you're not on board, don't say anything. So people that I know, they all my friends know that I'm kind of like I am. So they're just like, okay. (laughs) Because they know (laughs) that I'm going to, you know, if I'm able, that I'm going to do it. If I can find a way. And so, and talk to people, ask people, ask people who are doing the things that you want to do. Don't ask people who are not doing that, what you want to do. You know, I remember years ago, and then I, I know you probably got to go. Um, I had this job when I first started working as a court reporter. We had been through some really tough times, but I found this lady who was a mentor. And this was back in 96. I started working as a court reporter. And so one day, her and I were talking about money. And that's like a subject that nobody wants to talk about money. So she said, she goes, well, I make a lot of money. I said, really? Well, how much money do you make? She goes, well, I don't want to tell you because you might not be able to handle it. That's what she said. You might not be able to handle the idea. And this was 1996. This woman was making, as a court reporter, $1,500 a day. A day. Wow. For me, that was such inspiration. I was like, if she's doing it, Mm -hmm. that means I can do it. And I didn't even need that much. You know what I'm saying? But I thought it opened my eyes to the possibility Mm -hmm. that these things are not just out there for other people to do. Like, you can do this. Right. You can do this. And it opened my mind up in such a way that I'm like, you know, when I started making really good money, I was like, that's right. That's right. Because I, and I believe that there is enough prosperity there is enough in the world for everybody so you don't have to hate on somebody else who's doing it because yours is still there's still enough in the universe for you to have well you whatever it is you want to have and that just always stuck with me to know that that was a possible like i never heard about that much money before in my life like i never knew anybody that made that kind of money and she was just she was a black lady too Mm. and i was just like are you serious I was like, word. After that, I got on it, doggone it. I was like, let a sister know what I need to do. Like, the possibilities out there. And that's what I started doing. So I was I was fortunate. But it's like having your mind open. Don't be a hater. Just, you know, follow the people that are making it happen. And you can, if that's what you want, 
now money's not my thing anymore. But if it were, I know I'm able to do it. It's out. People are doing it all the time. All the time. So if that's what you want, whatever it is you want, you know. That's true because it's like you never know your limits until you start to see other people expand those those limitations that you have set in your mind. You know, you never know. Right. And limitations are, you know, it's something that you determine for yourself. That's why I say when I talk about challenges here, the only challenge I would say I've had here is the language. I have got to, because I have things to do and I got to be able to talk to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to be able to do, communicate with people. Yeah. But uh, that's it. All the other things, the things that I might want to do or whatever, it's, it's, it's what I, whatever I decide. And I don't think there are any limits. I really don't. You can do whatever you want. You just put your mind to it and be prepared. Somebody told me once that, or I heard this once, that it's really, there is no such thing as luck. It's when preparation meets, uh, what was it? Opportunity. Yes. So you got to be ready. Do your little background. If you need, if you know you don't know how to do something, go take a seminar. There's mm-hmm. a gazillion seminars out there. Go learn how to do something. Right. So that when the time comes and somebody says, hey, you know, hey, would you would you be interested in doing this? You're ready. Right. You don't want to have to say, well, I got to go finish my degree. <laughs> you know, you, you got to be ready. And that's what luck is. And that's exactly what happened with my daughter. She quit her job. She worked for AstraZeneca. Mm-hmm. And she wanted them to send her overseas, and they wouldn't. So she quit. And mm-hmm. then they offered her a job at, in Barcelona. Wow. So they put her back on, gave her all her same stuff she had before. But she was prepared to do whatever she had to do to make right. her dream come true. You know, she's like, if, yeah, if they don't give it to me, well, they're not the only company in the world. You know, like I can, I can go do this, and she's, she's doing it. Yeah. So you, you know, you decide in your mind what you will get parameters because sometimes you can't know exactly, especially if you've never been exposed to it. How are you going to know exactly? Mm-hmm. But you can have an idea. I kind of would like to do this. I wonder what I could, you know. I wonder how this would look, and then you look up, and it can happen for you. I'm a, just a true believer. You, you know, you are the. What is it? There's a in, Invictus. Have you ever heard the the poem? It says I can't remember exactly. I get the words all mixed, but it's something like you are the captain. I am the captain of my ship, the master of my fate. Oh yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so true. It's, it's so all true. on. It's all on you, and all anybody else who wants to travel or go live somewhere else, open your mind. Plan a trip if you can. Mm-hmm. You know to go check things out ahead of time. And if you can't, it won't kill you. I, I feel like if I got here and I didn't like it, I don't have to stay here. Right. You can always start over. I can always move to another city that's a bigger city, or you right. know, has more black people in it, or what you know, whatever mm-hmm. your thing is. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's what you do. So. Those are my words of inspiration for you today, young lady. Yay. <laughs> I enjoyed you so much. Where can the ladies find you if they want to get in contact with you? I don't have a 
you know, I'm just on wherever you found me, I guess. On Facebook. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. <laughs> on Facebook, yes. You just search for Marion Cummings. Um, yep. And also, I, I found you on um, the travel group. I think it's Black Women. Or... Yeah, it's a bl- there's a one that has a lot of letters in it. Yeah, Black I have to take a look at it. I'll yeah. put it down in the description, but it's a really great uh, travel group, and they always provide insight and, and sharing different resources for you on there. So I'll definitely invite yeah. that. But yeah. thank you so much for joining. You've been a, yes. a great, great guest and just such a inspiration, truly. Well, thank you so much, and good luck to you with whatever you're trying to do. I don't know, sure what you're trying to do. You looking for your place? <laughs> I'm I'm trying to find home one one city at a time. So okay. um, I've been to Japan. I'm in Amsterdam, and I'm going to a few other places to try to find where I feel connected. So wow, well, good luck with that. I'm sure you'll find something. Thank you. Take care. It's nice talking with you. You too. Bye bye.